Check, go. Ooh, you know what I have to do? What? I have to actually turn on my USB device. So while I'm doing that, Corey Mello, ESP008. We're live on you now. We're live on FRC Community Media Television. We're live on FRC Media Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For those of you joining in the hashtag gaming, this is going to be an all tabletop gaming, some anime mixed in. So maybe some actual video gaming in there, but mostly tabletop <laughs> gaming. So thank you for joining us. I'm really excited about this episode. So Quick bio, because we do it for everyone. Corey Mello, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you're doing now. Your full-time job is actually pretty interesting. And I know that you did Anime Boston 2018 for a I hobby did. shop a hobby shop booth. We're going to get into that in a minute, but start by just giving us a little quick bio. I'm going to go plug in that flash drive so we have the emergency backup, and I'm going to give the floor to you. I'm listening, right. I promise. <laughs> job and everything, huh? The whole nine yards? Do it up. That's what we do. That's the format, baby. That's All the right. ESP format. Okay. Do um, it up. Yeah. My name is Corey Mello. Um, I am an IT coordinator for a special education collaborative. I pretty much do everything that needs doing because you can't expect teachers to worry too much about computers or anything else. So, How long have you been doing that for? Again? I have been doing this for uh, a little over f five years, I think. I started in special education. I've been in special education for 10 years now and partway through. Long time. Yeah, That's pretty it admirable. It, it's, a, it's a very admirable field. To yes. And yeah, about halfway through, they um, didn't have anybody for IT, so computers, you know, break and stuff and I slid into that. So it just kind of fell into your lap then? More the or IT less. position? Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Things worked out. So tell us a little bit about the booth uh, that you were working at for Anime Boston 2018, which was an awesome con, by the way. It was. I've been going a lot more recently. Officially, I've been going every year since, actually, since last year. I've been, I want to make this a yearly thing. Every year I have my own squad for Anime Boston. <laughs> so how did you get hooked up with the booth? But first of all, start by telling us the name of the hobby shop that you were associated with and then go into what it was kind of like working at Anime Boston. Okay, Boston. so it's the Armory War Games and Hobbies. They are in Fairhaven, new location. They were previously in New Bedford. Um, I've been playing there for a couple years now, probably going on three, like two and a half. And yeah, um, really great shop, really good people, and it's a lot of fun. And um, pretty much their Warhammer person, I'm there. Their 40k guy. The joke around the place is I actually run the store because everyone always asks me the questions. And heck with, you know, asking the people who actually run the place anything. So. So you're kind of like the the designated floor manager. I yes, on certain days, pretty much. Yeah, awesome. I handle. I I set up the leagues and events and post stuff on their page when things are coming out and everything else. So, so tell us the name of the hobby shop one more it time. It is the Armory War Games and Hobbies in Fairhaven. Okay. And people can find that using Google if they want to get the exact address and go uh, check it Yes. Out. And we have a really big Facebook group. So I awesome. would definitely say look on Facebook if you're at all interested. Um, we have a really good community and you can pretty much see everything that's generally going on there any particular day from there. Do you have so, any yeah. other social media accounts for the Armory? Nope. Mostly Facebook? Just Facebook. So what kind of events do you have going on the, at the Armory? Well, um, it just we'll so happens there. that at the end of this month, we have an open um, game demo. So a demo day, I should say. So pretty for much- For all the board games and tabletops? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. There's gonna be a bunch of um, the different Star Wars games, 
um, no Armada, but probably X-Wing Legion, which just recently came out, which is really big. The standard stuff like Magic, um, a couple of uh, other card games and the like, and then the whole suite of Warhammer stuff, um, Age of Sigmar, Shadespire. Sons of Sigma, <laughs> And, of course, 40K. So Did you play the Warhammer, not the 40K one, but the Warhammer strategy game? For a PC that came out around 2007, is that, um, is it like a winter total war- spring 2007. I did not. I actually, I actually got into. This is going way the heck back because Aaron and I have known each other for a very long time. A long time. Um, going back to high school, um, it was Dawn of War actually that first got Love me Dawn into. Love Dawn of War. Yeah. That was 2000, 2005, 2006. Yep. And I Paul used to play that did, all the time. Yes. He's, I think he was the first one to get he it. He was, Paul. and then we all got. Swept into up, it. and yes. then I got this tattoo. Oh, I don't know if you can see it, but my hair is always in the way now. <laughs> oh, the yeah, the Aquila and everything. Yes, the Imperial nice. Aquila. <laughs> I I played Tau then for and the I Empire. Had nothing about 40k in general, mm-hmm. and then I came back to it and I was like, oh wow, look at these dudes that I thought were really cool to play, even though I sucked at Dawn of War. And fortunately, I'm much better at the actual tabletop than I was in Dawn of War. So perfect seg. We're, we're going to start with Warhammer now. So <laughs> do you prefer, do you play both Warhammer and Warhammer 40K? I do. I play Age of okay. Sigmar and 40K. Um, it's, it's Age of Sigmar now. It used to be Warhammer Fantasy. They changed it to Age of Sigmar. It's a big, so, brand new, fancy thing. So Age of Sigmar used to be... Warhammer Fantasy. Okay. Or just Warhammer. Just, okay. That's, yeah, I think that's Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I have a it's Warhammer be art book from the original Warhammer somewhere. Wow. That's cool. Uh, but, um, it's, but yeah. It, it's like uh, the Imperial, like the that version of the... Oh, yep, yep. The, and it's most the of the... Uh, yes, that version yep. of the Empire. So, yes. real quick sidebar. I heard somewhere, I don't know where to verify this, so don't ask me because I don't know, but someone told me once that the reason that the Warhammer universe exists is not that the Warhammer regular universe, also known as Warhammer what? Age of Sigmar? Yes. Okay. Also known now as Warhammer <laughs> Age of Sigmar, that the reason that that even exists, it does not exist as a prequel or as the past to Warhammer 40k, but instead Sigmar was one of the, what's the word for the Sons of the Emperor that he sent scattered across? Oh, one of the Primarchs. One of the Primarchs. Yep. Is that Sigmar is a Primarch. Can you confirm or deny that? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny that, <sighs> and Games Workshop certainly never would. Another really funny... Isn't that an awesome theory, though? That is. That's my favorite fan theory. There's that... another really funny theory that GW actually played with a little bit, that um, the Warhammer fantasy... Um, universe is actually just within the 40k one not necessarily that sigmar is a primarch Mm -hmm. uh, although it still fits in but makes sense yeah if sigmar was a primarch but the idea that it's actually just like a place within the 40k universe it's just a planet and yes and everything going on is just you know because they still have the same exact chaos demons and everything else yeah and they works they played with it once where I think during one of the lead-ups to Age of Sigmar, because Age of Sigmar was a big change. They actually had, like, a big, like, end-of-the-world, like, Ragnarok-style event and mm-hmm. everything else to lead into Age of Sigmar. And That's during awesome. one of those, there was a particular race. It might have been the Skinks or something. I don't know. But they tried to communicate with, like, these extra-dimensional things. And 
they don't really say, but they almost kind of tease that it's the Eldar for 40k that they talk to. Yes! And Eldar But it's totally return. just like glossed, the and they just play with it, space and that's elves? the end of it. Yes, the space There's, elves. There has been so much amazing fan art done for the uh, the leaders of the Eldar are Exarchs, right? The, uh, yeah. The t- oh, Farseers. Farseers, the, yes. The Farseer from the 40k series, the Farseer, Farseer Taldir. From Dawn of War, yep. Yes. Sorry, from, yes, from Dawn of War. Dawn of War, yeah. Farseer Taldir. There has been, there's so much amazing fan art. I love her. <laughs> Eventually, when I get good with EVA foam, because I'm doing that for the first time mm-hmm. this year, unless I decide to just buy a suit of armor. Yeah. <laughs> for my Urza Scarlet cosplay, which I just, <laughs> but no, but then I also want to do the Eldar Farseer at some point, like, yep. in my, later in my career. So, <laughs> EVA foam, I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to get into that. Sooner than later, so I can start plugging away at that. I, I, I assume it's going to take me forever to actually get good with it. But the helmet seems scary. Although, if you don't yeah. go with the helmet, then you, you know, just dodge that bullet. I don't, well, but. see, in video games, I don't wear the helmets anyway, because I'm a girl, and I like to show off my <laughs> my hair. <laughs> and my favorite art for Farsia Childier is the artwork with her without her helmet. Yeah, as, obviously, if she has like the helmet a off. Like a sexy, sassy space elf. Yeah, if she has the helmet on, she looks like any other Farseer. Who cares? So that's really cool that the... Right, exactly. So that's really cool that Farseer Taldir, or that the Eldar in general, mm-hmm. sort of make a mysterious appearance in the Warhammer universe. They do a lot of little teases like that. The it's other thing cool. I heard, so that same person also hinted... I, I literally can't remember who it was. I'm not just saying <laughs> that. But that same person also said that the reason that they've been stuck in sort of a time loop is not because of them trying to retcon or anything like that or mm-hmm. just because it was a plot hole. Yep. But that the reason that they're technologically behind is that there's a chaos field surrounding, well, either a chaos field or a high gravitational field that surrounds yep. the planet, mm-hmm. and it creates a high electromagnetic presence or electricity in the air. I don't know exactly yeah. the scientific word I'm looking for because I'm not a physicist or a scientist, but... Something to do, something to do with electromagnetic yes. radiation. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiations, gravitational pulls—all those things come into effect, mm-hmm. according to this theory, yep. to make it so that technology actually doesn't work on this planet, and that obviously Sigmar crash landed there and got stuck in this as a Primarch. Yep, and got stuck in this sort of this loop. But mm-hmm. other races, like you said, like the Eldar, can that are super or the most technologically advanced can come into the planet and find ways around these fields. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, um, there's, like I said, there's a lot of little teases and they, GW is very good at like being I like, almost this could that totally happen, really. Yeah. Now that I have much more life experience, mm-hmm. it might be easier to actually go and get in and get in that job, so. I'm gonna have to call Games Workshop and follow up. But like, hey, do you still have my resume from like ten years ago? <laughs> because it's gotten much better. Let me update that yep. for you. Let me tell you something. No, so that was the um, the Games Workshop in Cambridge. Oh, okay. The, which is one of the main hubs. They offered me yep. a position, and technically at that time they were like, hey, if you ever want to, if you ever change your mind and want to mm-hmm. come back, let us know because I was working on the ambulance at that time. So yep, yep. I might just call them up and be like, hey, remember that time when someone who time, doesn't work here anymore you, said this thing? You told me that I could come <laughs> back and get this job anytime I wanted. So any other any other wacky theories from Warhammer from oh, the geez. wacky from theories. the from the Sigmar universe? No, from well, the Sigmar, oh, I don't. Or I, not the universe because it's the I believe it's the same universe. So from the Sigmar expansion arc, whatever you want to call it. Just the game. Si- the Sigmar sidebar. How about that? 
Um, the Sigmar sidebar. Not really. It's actually kind of crazy because for the longest time, um, with 40k mm-hmm. and with Warhammer Fantasy and everything else, it was always like that was the big joke. Like you said, with like retcons and time loops and everything else. Right. It's like it was, nothing actually happened. Plot holes. Yeah. And then. Well, it's such a big universe. Yeah. I so, love the original codex, though. The one that's like the same thickness as a D&D 5e or just a, a D&D player's guide. Do you remember that one? They still have the one those with codexes. The, the artwork? Oh. Yeah. Every the edition. The main codex. They're on 8th. Well, for 40k, they're on 8th edition now. and The artwork alone for 40k and what Warhammer in general is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's so crazy to think that so many people get into it just from the the artwork or the lore or the stories or the, or the games. games. Yeah. We actually had somebody not even a month ago come into the store on a Monday and he had a full-blown Chaos Space Marine outfit. Full. Oh, that's awesome. And and like it even had lifts so he was actually like taller cuz this is a he was not a tall guy. But um I he just, was, I just he was saw, a full-blown Space Marine. I, I wish I knew her name, but it's all over social media right now. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a girl who's a professional cosplayer. I think she's in Germany and she did a full Space Marine but the the angelic suit. What's that from? Oh, like the Sisters of Battle. No, no, no. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the Sisters of Battle. Oh, it was the Space Marine suit, but it was golden, and it had these angelic spikes wings on the back. Yeah, these angelic so spikes. So like a blood that angel, probably wings. I don't know because the whole suit was gold. pure gold. That's that would be a sanguinary guard. That's exactly what it was. There we go. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Because I remember seeing that in the comments. Now somebody said, "Ooh, awesome sanguinary guard." Yep. Super cool. But yeah, so this guy came in, and we were talking to him and stuff like that. And at the end, he oh, was hey, just what's like, up? Just a Chaos Space Marine. Did he have face paint on too? Oh, he had a helmet on. He was full, oh, okay. fully decked. He had his bolter, everything. Again, I, I like I like the off helmets, and like, I think that would be cool if they did like the scarring makeup. So he, at the end, he asked. He was like, "Oh, sometime can I come in? And you guys can teach me how to play." And we're like, "You, you don't know how to play. Like, you made a full. So, like, he made his own. That's how good the outfit. artwork yeah. is. Yeah, he was so. He's just like, lore. oh yeah, I'm just into the lore and I've read the stories and stuff like that. And I just was inspired to completely make my own Chaos Space Marine outfit. So what race do you play in? Warhammer Sigmar. In Sigmar, I play Sylvaneth, which are the tree people. I'm like the Lorax. I'm actually not familiar with the Sylvaneth from the original Warhammer or from Warhammer Sigmar. So So fill me in. Okay. So the one big character who she was kind of like the main goddess for the elves and everything else Mm -hmm. was Alariel. Okay. And when the whole big Age of Sigmar thing happened, um, I think they just call it the end times. After the end times happened, everything reset, and Sigmar's a god now. And That's all that the stuff. Ragnarok event that you told me yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, the big villain Archeon actually like succeeds, and everything gets blown to hell. Everything and, gets destroyed. Yeah, and they have to start over. So, like Final Fantasy VI? Yes, except Chaos doesn't care. They're always just doing Chaos things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so Lariel is this nature goddess and she um before in the old warhammer fantasy um to my knowledge to my understanding um they were like the tree based um units okay that wasn't like sylvanath wasn't like a full force they were just like oh they would go with wood elves and stuff like that right okay. and and now like in sigmar it's a, no, it's a full faction army yeah oh, wow. yep so it's all a bunch of trees bunch of trees and a lariel who rides on a gigantic the stag ants. beetle Yes, yeah, they have Ents. They have, like, three flavors For of Ents. our room. <laughs> they have magical Ents and regular Ents and really Little mad Orcs. It's <laughs> a, a mainstream reference for you, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> so, 40K, obviously I have the 40K tattoo. What yeah. really got me into Warhammer 
in general was I think right before the video game came out, when the first trailer was released, that was when Paul started buying up the Ultramarines. Yes. The base Ultramarine set. Yep. And I still remember he had like that big metal dreadnought. Yes. Yes. The dreadnoughts. <laughs> and then I think we all started buying, a, but it was at that time we were like still in high school or yep. fresh out of high school mm-hmm. and none of us had the money or the time to devote to Warhammer 40k. So yep. I bought a group of catechins with a sniper unit and a chimera. Mm-hmm. And I had this little group of catechins that I still have them. And I did all the custom paint myself. The chimera tank is sitting on one of my shelves <laughs> in my room, just kind of sitting there because I'm so proud of it. And I have to dig up my actual catechin jungle fighters themselves. Great, because those two models probably have not changed. Yes. Probably the same exact ones. That Although I have them. not painted my sniper squadron because mm-hmm. they are... The steel, or I don't think that nobody makes pewter anymore, right? Oh no, like or do they? The, the, the metal yeah. ones, yeah, they like pewter, or yep. yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, but they're just so difficult to paint. Yeah, it's I think annoying. I think the plastic figures are much easier to paint. They are. Um, it's glue that really gets me. Those metal models are so hard to glue. You oh, have to super glue yeah. them. Like plastic models, you just plastic glue them and it melts. And it's done. I was a beginner, and I became an expert with plastic models in, like, a month. Yeah. It's awesome. It's much easier. So cause... what race do you play in 40K? I play a few because I got... Okay, good. I'm, this... I'm deep. <laughs> 40K is just so... There's so much going on. You don't want to limit yourself to... Although I have the Imperial Aquila, so I have to play Imperial Guard, extensions of Imperial Guard, mm-hmm. Space Marines. But why would you Why would you want to play any other race? I mean... Well... I play the Tau. Heretic. I play, and I'm not, I'm a filthy Zeno, but I'm no heretic. I, I play the Burn Tau. Burn and righteous fire. <laughs> Zeno filth. My, my primary army is the Tau. So, Tauva. I want to do an Inquisitor cosplay, a the, sexy Inquisitor cosplay. You know, there was some people at Anime Boss, there was one guy at Anime Boss who thought I was an Inquisitor. Oh, really? Yes. I could technically see that, but yeah, you were. Yeah, the wide brim hat and tell everything. everyone what you were. I was a hunter. hunter. I was seeking the old blood from Bloodborne. It's a lot of Still fun. haven't played that game, but I know about the lore. So I did play, so, okay, here's the thing. Sidebar, I'm not going to go back to the tabletops, but Neo, which is the Japanese version of the Souls slash Bloodborne games. Oh my God, one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Although I have not slash rage quit so in a game so many times and been on the verge of complete mental collapse as I was with, with Neo. And let me tell you, if you just do a quick YouTube search for gamers and streamers who played Neo, and my personal favorite, Zinfreude from 8Bytes. If you look at her YouTube channel, she has some pretty great slash rage moments, like candid rage moments where she's playing the game and she just kind of just absolutely loses it. And there, there were even a couple of videos that I found about pretty hardcore gamers that, especially for the Maria fight in particular, where there was a lot of commentary towards the end and they were like, you know, it's it's at the point where the challenge isn't even fun. Like the yeah. people that like the the difficulty, they said that Neo was too much. Like yeah. it was just too much. So like they said, the Souls and, and Bloodborne had had a good balance, but the Japanese version of the Souls games, which was Neo, was rather than kind of slow methodical. Okay, I'm sweating and I'm biting my lip, but are still going that tension is still there and then you still have the rage quit at the end it's like that but speed it up times a million mm-hmm. it's kind of like the most extreme difficulty on ddr <laughs> yeah because that's the whole thing with the souls game is it's supposed to be 
you the challenge beats you down and then you right. it's about feeling that joy of success of overcoming an yeah. obstacle but neo might have been just a little bit much did you play it i did not play neo Ooh, yet it's really good i do play i have all the souls games under my belt and i play bloodborne obviously yes i was a hunter, the hunter. but i fired I up neo, neo not too long ago and it's just just to kind of check back in mm-hmm. and it's they actually they give you a codex a history codex and it has pages upon pages and pages of actual factual japanese history that you can so you can log on to neo and depending on how much of the game you completed you can do a whole crash course in Ninjutsu. medieval japanese history towards the end of single kujidai <laughs> during the the three unifiers mm-hmm. specifically tokugawa ieyasu you as william who eventually becomes anjin which yep. is funny because they say Hitori Hanzo, the second or third, comes over to you when he says, uh, uh, William, you're, uh, nobody can be here can pronounce your name. So, <laughs> so Hitori Hanzo comes over to you and he says, yeah, um, we're just going to call you Anjin. He doesn't even give you a choice. He, <laughs> say, he just says, you know, we, we like you, but we, but we can't this say your name. This is your name, name now. <laughs> your name is now Anjin. And then everyone just goes, oh, Anjin? in the typical sort of anime gaming style flair. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> so that's my Neo sidebar. Definitely check it out. They have three DLCs. I think you can get all of them for 10 bucks because it's one of those games where they're not going to nickel and dime you. We're not going to get into Destiny 2. We're not going to get into Battlefront 2 in this podcast. We've already done that before. We can rant on that. Another time. And another time. <laughs> where did this sidebar... We were talking about 40K. Something about we 40K. Were. Um, because we talked about Inquisitors and I talked about my outfit. Inquisitors, that's right. The Blood Burn Boston. So, what races do you play for Warhammer okay. 40k? So, I play the Tau. Specifically, I play the Farsight Enclaves because... Did you play the video game? The Fire, Fire Warrior? Fire Warrior, yes. I did. It was okay. It was okay for the time. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to go back and play it now. Oh, yeah. just like going back and playing like GoldenEye or something. You're like, oh, this uh, is so fun and this sacred... control is horrible. Well now, well, now we're getting into the whole Sacred Cow thing. So, let's... Okay. So let's just move on. This is gaming, right? We can cover all yes, bases? We can cover everything. <laughs> but there's but, just... The, the sacred cow discussion can last like three hours, especially fair. when people start talking about GoldenEye. So. Fair enough. Okay, so Farsight Enclaves for the Tau. Okay. I play the... I do have a couple of Imperial factions. I play the Very Adeptus nice. Custodes, which recently came out. The Golden Boys... Who are, the Adeptus Custodes? Yes. They are the guys that are them. better than the Space Marines. They are the Emperor's finest made from the Emperor's DNA himself oh, okay. for many, many millennia. What are the name of, what's the name of the Space Marine faction again? The Adeptus Astartes. No, no. The, the, oh, the Adeptus the, the Custodes. So they're the Adeptus what? Custodes. Custodes. So they're above the Astartes? They are. Completely. So they're not even a Space Marine division. No. They're, they wow. work for themselves. They have nothing to do with anything with the Astartes. So they are the so personal like the guard seals. of the Emperor way back okay. during before during the Grand Crusade and wow. even like during the Horus Heresy. When the Emperor went out and did stuff, he did it with the Custodes. And I may have. <laughs> so for the longest time after everything happened during the Horus Heresy, the Custodians stayed in the Imperial Palace. And that's just that was it. They just stayed there. They guard on the they sacred guarded throne the of Terra. Emperor. Yep, they okay. they guarded the Golden Throne, and that was it. But last year, sacred to me as an Imperial player. <laughs> last I don't year, care what you chaos filth say. At the end of seventh edition, GW did 
the unspeakable and actually uh. progressed the storyline. And because <laughs> of that, once. see, now, see, applause, you, applause for Games Workshop. You're Thank out you. of the loop. See, I am we're, out of the loop. we're talking about this stuff. This is why we're talking about this. So Robert Gilliman has returned. Who is it? The Primarch of the Ultramarines has returned to the Imperium. Okay. He was he was brought back from near death by the Eldar. I like having you here because you're going to fill me in on six yes. years of lore that I totally missed out yes. on for Warhammer. So the Eldar assisted the Adeptus Mechanicus in reviving Robert Gilliman, who was um, thought dead and kept in stasis um, Lenin style oh, no. by Fulgrim, his brother. Um, so he's been brought back, and as a Primarch, he is now the um, Grand Commander of the Imperial Army. He's he's the boss. And oh, cool. like one of that. the things he did at the end of that storyline is he... Oh, did you um, you know Cadia, the Imperial Guard, the Cadians yes. and everything? Yeah, yeah that blew up. Um, Chaos blew it up. So just fill you in on that the one, too. The whole planet? The whole planet. Boom. Ka no! Yep. Yeah. I love the Cadians. Yeah, well, there's there's a few of them still around, but How the planet they... is gone. They blew up the blew up the planet. Chaos won. To an extent, they pushed through. There's now a giant warp storm that has broken through the entire galaxy. Has split in half. The other side is called the uh the Imperial Nihilus or something like that. Like, Dark Imperium, Holy sort crap. of thing. You're yeah. like blowing my it's, mind it's with this. It's a new lot of change. Update. It's it's a lot of stuff. Like 100 to 200 years have passed between seventh and eighth edition. There's been a big time jump. They're they're not joking around. Um, did they did they officially officially retcon and connect Dawn of War two to the tabletop series? They they're still very. I never finished Dawn of War two. still very. Is that still um, technically an offshoot? To, essentially, to Dawn of War it's games. it's weird because on one hand they don't act like they anything from Dawn of War is official, but. There is actually a Gabriel Angelos model now, and you can play him okay. as the head, as the chapter master of the Blood Ravens. Oh, cool. So if you okay. wanted to play the Blood Ravens, you have a chapter master to play, and he has his own stat line and everything else. So is he, it's is like, he the only one that was retconned into the actual tabletop? No, I mean, the Blood Ravens are there in general. Okay. Um, they they tease things here and there. A lot of things are teasers. It's, it's all designed, so like, if you want to do it, you can do it. It works if you want it to work, and no one's probably going to question you as long as it's not you know a bunch of my little pony marines or something wow. which people still do anyway yeah. but custom custom you know. paint yes of course um so i want to take this opportunity to actually segue into the star wars tabletops that we talked about before because mm -hmm. it's about 5 30 we've been talking about warhammer for a long time yeah which is and not a problem because i love <laughs> warhammer and i obviously have uh the imperial aquila tattooed on mm -hmm. my shoulder for anyone that just came in but i want to get to the other table the other tabletops Okay. So, you said that there were three Star Wars tabletops. The only one I, that I know of is Star Wars Armada. Okay. And that's one of the figures you said, right? Because yes. every hobby shop that I go into, they're either playing Star Wars Armada mm -hmm. or it's just it's everywhere. And it seems yeah. to be like the most popular if one. You see I see the, people if you see like the fighter craft, about it. the fighter craft are typically X-Wing. Yes. X so, if you see like X-Wings and Ties and the Millennium yep. Falcon, like that, that's X-Wing. Okay. Um, the, if you see the bigger ships played on a bigger table, okay. that's Armada. Okay. Trying to make sure I got it right. I mean, it seems really cool because the figures come pre-made, pre-painted, correct? Yes, they do. Which is a relief because Games Workshop's like, no, you got to do this yourself. It's part of the part of the experience, yep. and I get that. But I like the idea of having the actual figures as representatives of now. Are those other figures representative of larger numbers? Like no, the they are just single. Oh, like okay. X-wing is a dogfighting okay. tabletop. Ooh, so, so so they do squeeze more money out of you to get more. Yeah, more models. For the most okay. part, but um. 
it's it's not too bad a system. Fantasy Flight's done a pretty good job with it. So, and they did just put out Legion, which is almost like their not really 40k but skirmish sort of thing with unpainted models that you have to paint. Okay. But um, it's more to the to the and that scale. Is, that is a standalone tabletop. Yep, it's a standalone. It's a it's separate called Legion. Legion. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. It's. The, the thing I keep on noticing whenever I see it, whenever they play, and they play on Wednesdays at the Armory War Games and Hobbies. Armory War Games and Hobbies, Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Come and say hello to Corey. Uh, so. I, I actually, um, and that's Wednesdays? That's Wednesdays of Star Wars night, yeah. Monday is 40K night. Um, if I can Wednesdays. get this new job, I might come check that out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Hi, I might we, I might take the pay cut just to go just to go play Star Wars Armada on Wednesday on with Wednesday all of nights. your newfound vacation time. Yeah. Anyway, so Armada, yes. X Wing, and Legion. And Legion. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you what tabletops or board games I have. Well, first of all, another quick sidebar. Are you familiar with Board James on YouTube? I am not. Okay. So check him out. So Board okay. James is a YouTube personality who has a whole channel devoted to retro gaming mm-hmm. and board games so for actual board games and tabletops that i have the thing that i'm most proud of and i'm trying to get people together that want to do this for the next convention i'm going to which is aac and maybe for anime boston i want to talk about old school board games here for a second so it's a milton bradley game i believe ready for this weapons and warriors i got nothing do you remember weapons and warriors i believe it's milton bradley Mm -hmm. weapons and warriors was a tabletop board game that basically stretched probably the length of this entire table if not more definitely okay definitely more so probably about from the center of that computer which if you can't see it i'm sorry <laughs> the center of that computer to probably the end of that table it is absolutely she's describing huge. about four feet in length <laughs> yeah okay about, yeah about yay much in length so it's about four feet or so in length there is a an attacking team which is the red team they set up siege equipment so they set up siege barricades mobile siege barricades they set up battlements they set up trenches and these are all represented by these pretty detailed like plastic figures and then the the red figures themselves are not painted some people i've seen them painted before but they're just red and blue so it's red red versus blue but the red team is the attacking team go figure so you have this attacking siege battalion and then you have a forest, an actual forest in the middle that you set up with the trees. And there's mm-hmm. this, it's about about that big. Yep. And you have to, if you want to get better shots at the castle or have actual cover to prevent your guys from getting hit, you can actually sort of strategically position them in the forest. And then on the other end of the table, obviously, is the castle. Now, all of the, the siege towers and the siege equipment and the castle itself are all wired with elastics and different <laughs> pressure points. And you have two or three catapults, a cannon, and a ballista. And these weapons actually fire mm-hmm. little orange projectiles pretty pretty damn hard. So, and I mean, especially the cannon. You can really, like, like if you shot somebody in the face with that cannon, mm-hmm. like, they would probably, especially, like, you could definitely hurt somebody if you shot them in the eye with that. Or, so, or if you shot them in the forehead, like, can they probably hurt. So then when you attack the... If you actually land a hit at one of the pressure points, these pieces that you assemble will literally come flying off in an explosion and scatter. <laughs> so if you hit parts of the castle, battle damage will actually fly off the castle. 
and you can knock down the gate if you hit a, if you hit a certain pressure point and the gate will open and then you can try and open the wooden double doors where the commander is stationed and yep. certain guards that are positioned on battlements will come flying off if you knock the window in hmm. with the catapults or the cannon. Do you aim them? Or yeah, is you it... actually physically You're physically kind of like finagle. Right. Okay. But the but you can only have them, they can only be parallel to the circular spaces that your army can move. So you roll the dice, and that's how many spaces you can move forward if you want. Mm-hmm. But those dice also constitute the amount of moves, or the amount of actions, I should say, kind yeah. of like 5e, the amount of actions that you can take in one yep. turn. So you can move your men, but once you move your actual your army, your siege equipment can follow behind them, but it has to be a parallel line. You can move up the siege equipment, but then yep. you're also closer to the, to the enemy's fire. Mm-hmm. And basically, if one of your if a character is not down, he's considered KIA. That's cool. So it, t- it it's actually a lot of skill required to play this game. I just like the idea that clearly when they were designing this game, they were like, "All right, how far does the average elastic band go? We have to make a table like we have to make our board that long to accommodate." Right. <laughs> It's four feet long because that's how elastic bands work. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I played it not too long ago just to just to see if it stood the test of time, mm-hmm. and it does. Let me tell you, it does. It is so much fun. And then I also have, so that's Weapons and Warriors. I also just picked up Risk Medieval Europe Edition, which has a completely new expanded set of rules and figures. Mm-hmm. There is two additional units to this standard cannon, cavalry, an infantryman that you would see in the regular risk. So we have two additional units, and it's actually it integrated some real history as well. So that's cool. pretty cool. And then I also have Axis and Allies. So, so the thing about Axis and Allies is that if you want to play Axis and Allies, it's like an all-day event. Like you have to get people that are committed to playing Axis and Allies for at least 12 hours, probably more. You might have to come back on a Sunday if you're doing this on a Saturday. And it, I mean, everyone basically just kind of fights over who's going to be Germany or Japan. <laughs> but oh my God. So I actually, I finally got people together for a game night to play mm-hmm. Axis and Allies. And I think we finished the first round. And wow. it took, well, I mean, the first, everyone took one turn. Yeah. Yeah, of and, course, complete round. And by the, by the time we finished the first round of Axis and Allies, like almost three hours had passed. Wow. And everybody was like, you know, but that also included an hour of setup time. And probably explaining some stuff to people and everything yeah. else. Yeah. So about three hours and we're like, wow, we only just did one turn. Yeah, that's they actually have gaming tables now. I don't know if you've seen them, but um they actually have um the actual gameplay area mm-hmm. can um be dropped and then you can cover it. So you can oh. maintain your game space. Your game oh, state can I be like perfectly the same. I need yeah. that. Yeah, there's um there's a few different companies that are um putting them out. I know I know Wormwood they, is doing one right expensive? now. Um it matters. Like I said Wormwood, Wormwood. Um okay. if anybody doesn't know Wormwood's like local company that does a lot of woodworking gaming stuff. Um they're putting out one now. It's pricey because that's Wormwood's model. Um but it is beautiful. That's the trade-off you get. I definitely need to get one of those. They there's another one that's going right now. It's Kickstarter went really well, and I think it starts fulfilling orders in August. It's called the Table of Ultimate Gaming, and it's much more. Um, I mean, you're still pay- paying the cost for a table, but um, like a three by five costs like I want to say it's like seven hundred dollars, and they have payment plans and everything else. But they're really cool, and yeah, they have um, they have panels that can be laid 
over that the is table. Super cool. I and love the actual that. gameplay area gets dropped down so you can preserve your game state. I need that. So yeah. another tabletop one of the board game that I have, board game slash tabletop, is Civil War. Have you played it? I have not. Okay, so do you have it at your <laughs> shop? I don't know. Okay. It's a great so, thing to no, check. No, sorry, Battle Cry. Battle Cry. She's making this difficult for me. Okay. <laughs> so it's called Battle Cry, and it takes place during the American Civil War. Okay, so for anyone listening, this is really important. If you love gaming, love tabletops, love board games, and you want to play a tabletop that you can actually get people into 100% of the time, all the time, like you're even your like stereotypical bro, bro dude, or you know, basic or basic woman. Because I'm I'm kind of basic sometimes, but not 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 with gaming, not with gaming. Sometimes with pumpkin spice in the fall, but right. So if you have if you have a dude bro, or like some basic chick, whatever, and you're like, wow, I'm like such a nerd, like I am. I really want to get my friends and family to play a board game, Battle Cry, Civil War. Again, 100% of the times I've tried this, I've gotten people into it and excited. What average American bro or basic doesn't? is not at least a little bit interested in the Civil War. Oh, it's the American Civil War. Look, they have the cannons and cavalry and Union and Confederates. And if you have certain, I mean, certain parts of the country, it can cause some pretty heated political debates, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Take it for what it is with the history. So it's super easy to pick up. You can do one whole match for Battle Cry Civil War in half an hour. You can finish an entire map in half an hour. So basically they have tiles kind of like your standard gaming tiles, and the tiles can be rearranged to create different maps. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty in-depth, and every map looks uniquely different because there's a lot of detail in these tiles. And again, you can it's plug-and-play. Anybody can just jump in. Very simple, but also so much fun. Super quick to run through an entire... And usually, if you're bringing it to like a family party, so far I've been successful with being able to get two whole maps done, and people might join in after because they see other people having fun. And it almost accurately recreates, and there's also, so not only that, but there's scenarios. There's actual historical Civil War scenarios. That's cool. They kind of have to be, you kind of have to, right? And they make them, right. So if if in this particular scenario, the Union Army had a disadvantage, you will start the map with a literal disadvantage in your position or your figures or your statuettes, (laughs) if you want to call it. And the actual terrain models the historical maps the detail that went into creating these campaigns is like nothing i've ever seen and then my favorite tabletop that i have out of all of them is if you have to you have to say it with gusto not to be confused with the expletive but i-k-u-s-a so ikusa so war and it is the updated version of shogun which takes place so it's basically a Sengoku Jidai tabletop. So if you're big in Japanese history, if you're big in military history, if you're big in specifically the Sengoku Jidai, get this game out of all the ones that I have. It is by far the best one that I've played. So now you get to tell me what tabletops you love <laughs> and what you have, because that was I my rant. Um, so as we were talking about just before we started up HeroQuest, and specifically, yes. Now, War real Hero quick, Quest. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm so <laughs> excited about this Hero Quest because Hero Quest was that was the one thing that got me into nerd anything when I was when I was little. So, Board James, who I mentioned before, also has a Hero Quest 
episode, mm-hmm. which is really funny. So go check that out. I highly recommend it. So Hero Quest was like the game I like lost all my pieces over the years. <laughs> I tried to I tried to get one on eBay when I discovered what eBay was when I actually started getting money as an adolescent and was spending it on frivolous nerd things like like the rest of us do. I was like, let's try to find Hero Quest. What thousand dollars? Like uh, five years ago. You know, it's another game that um, another bucks. tabletop game that is like super expensive on eBay, and they actually just kickstarted doing a new one, Fireball Island. Yeah, this it's like board so, games as that one too. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's cool, <laughs> but it I mean, does it's look cool. so expensive. Are to they get, making like, a new Fireball Island with a Kickstarter? Yes, Kickstarter's going well. Uh, it's done. It's successful. Like it's it's so coming. I, so, oh yeah. So okay, so Hero Quest. Take it away. I'm super excited. My childhood is coming back. <laughs> yeah, so where Hero was Quest. Oh, Hero yeah. Quest. Hero Quest. We're going to gush over Hero Quest. Yes. Um, specifically because of my, you know, very recent foray into Warhammer. Um, Games Workshop recently remade Hero Quest as Warhammer Quest. Pretty much the same exact system, same exact sort of ideal idea, just Age of Sigmar style. Um, so that's my super big focus right now. Um, I want to start getting groups together to play it because there's, um, because Count the, me in. Because the I'm nice in. thing about pick a day, have it, um, Thursdays, it'll be Thursdays Perfect. when it's ready to go. I have to keep on painting though, because that's the whole thing is that it's, it's hero quest. Only you have all the options of like the Warhammer miniatures to play as, and they all have different profiles and stat lines and everything else. What time Thursday? Um, I will get back to you on that because we're not ready yet, but soon, oh, soon. <laughs> might not be able to do it if it's like before nine. If it's like oh, okay, so probably not gonna be able to do it. Sundays, Saturday. Okay, don't worry, we can oh. we can figure something out. Oh. It's fine. It's fine. I might, it's I fine. might, I might have to set up a second. We'll we'll figure something out. Tabletop day on Sundays. <laughs> Saturdays or Sundays. Yeah, we'll we'll make it work no matter what. Okay, so it's so it's Hero Quest but remade for Warhammer. Yes, so, and they call it Warhammer Quest. Okay, so in the original. Hero Quest. The main villain was that huge gargoyle-looking MF, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is obviously a Chaos Demon. Yes. Um, there's two different games. I'm, um, I'm sweating over. They've here. already done like two versions of it. Um, the first one is called Silver Tower, mm-hmm. which is fun because it's all Zinch. Um, if you know anything about Warhammer, Zinch is the yes. the god of. Um, he is the most cra- chaotic god of chaos. He is the god of change. So um, the game is very and random. Nurgle, right? The yes, god of he is, pestilence. Yep, pestilence and decay. Corn, the blood god. The people that the it's the meme that everyone knows, even if they don't know Warhammer, everyone knows blood for the blood god, skulls yes. for the skull throne. And and then there is Slanesh. Heretics. Slanesh is the one that you know you the can't whispers, talk about. The whispers of Slanesh. She who thirsts. Yes. The prince of pleasure. So so who is the the demigorgon? <laughs> so, <laughs> Demi Gorgons. So who is who is the new big bad in this again? So in or were you getting to that? Yes, I'm sorry. in Silver Tower, it is um, the Gaunt Summoner who is this avatar of Zinch, effectively. Okay, who is controlling the tower and trying you're trying to overthrow overcome, and then the other one shadows over Hammerhall, which is almost played kind of like a traditional D and D campaign. Actually, even has a game master, which is interesting. Um, it's like yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty fun. Well, te- well, technically, the original Hero Quest did have a D and D style GM. Did it? Yeah. Okay, so remember mixed... there were there were okay, character sheets. Okay, so Silver Tower. Okay, yeah, so that's the yeah. one that has it, and Silver Tower is the and one. And then that, everyone like, ran out of character sheets, and then they stopped making Hero Quest. And then you and just like, well, what, what the heck are we gonna do now? <laughs> and they so, were like, oh, sorry, it sucks to be you guys. Yeah. 
So the um the, the villain in Shadow Over Hammerhall is mm-hmm. a Slaneshi Chaos Sorcerer who's oh, trying to like okay. do some crazy stuff underneath this, this city. This is so exciting. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun. And then there's the usual stuff. There's tabletop focusing like pen and paper stuff. I do lots of pen and paper stuff. I do so I have, I'm doing an online D&D 5e 5e regular standard Horde of the Dragon Queen right now. Mm-hmm. Although I'm trying it's funny because my DM had to Take it down a notch with me, with me because I get really so. If you're into oh, the YouTube channel, they do uh, something roll, critical roll, uh, critical roll. Yeah, critical roll did a skit and they did they did the types of characters you will meet <laughs> in D and D. So go watch that video because I'm a combination of so there's a, there's a few different women, but I'm a combination of the woman who <laughs> there's one point in the video where she says seriously. Nobody's coming to my rescue because I didn't verbalize that I was screaming. Okay, fine. Do I have to roll for eating? Do I have to roll for whatever too? <laughs> yes, I got to roll for every single action I'm going to take in this stupid game. So that's so I'm a combination of that character. And also, there's another girl who comes in and she's just, I am an ancient wood elf of the of the great sea. So like, I get super into my character. And then I also really tend to complain when things don't go my way or if, like, or if I don't have the freedom that I want. Very so, flowery, prone to stress. Yes. <laughs> so, Corey and I, way back in the day, did a GURPS campaign. Oh, geez. Yeah, that is going back. And GURPS, I liked because if I remember correctly with GURPS, it was pretty much you could, you Dude, had a lot of freedom. The and U in GURPS stands for universal. <laughs> the G stands for generic. <laughs> and I was used to that, and that was the one pen and paper tabletop that I actually got really into and I just got so used to the freedom that when I actually got into a D&D module I'm like what the heck is this why do I have to be a class why do I have these things that I have to learn yeah do you like 5e do you have um, any thoughts on 5e I honestly I will tell you that in a month because I have kind not of touched simplistic. 5e yet and I am about to so. I feel like it's oh, so my DM thought that I was hardcore into 4e and then I told her, no, I'm, I just did GURPS. And, and they said, oh, the okay, that makes sense. Came I guess, out of the nose. I guess, <laughs> no, 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 I guess, I guess fourth edition is similar to GURPS, where there's a lot of, you can take a lot of liberties. And I, the, mm-hmm. the one thing I don't like about 5e from what we're doing now is everything seems so rigid. Y'all rigid like a breadstick. <laughs> That's a Mighty Boosh reference, by the way, for those that didn't pick up on that. So, yeah, it's so rigid. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, GURPS. That was an interesting time. It was. Real quick, I just want to talk about this one thing I want to say about Magic the Gathering. And I still have my <laughs> I still have my white deck, my Magic the Gathering white deck from mm-hmm. the last time that we all used to get together and play at <sighs> Eric's house. Okay, so that's going to be like Kamigawa Ravnica? Blazing Archon is my most part. Blazing Archon. I, I, have, I have a Blazing Archon and a Sarah mm-hmm. Angel in my deck. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I'm just saying like in terms of like block as far as the actual i stopped playing around like ravnica so okay so basically there was this there was this one kid that we used to play mtg with and basically uh every single dollar from his paycheck went into creating unbeatable decks that bent and broke the game and bent and broke the rules so these players like our friend eric they, these players are the reason that more editions came out and specifically set rules against these things because nobody, I think you I think you were the only one that actually was able to beat him, right? I can't remember. At one point. It's a long time ago. Because he had a, he had a grindstone deck. 
okay. or the grinder Millstone? deck. Millstone? Uh, the one where, like, you... Something like that. It was something grinding, and yeah. you put something down, and it just stacks, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, Millstone forces you to discard, so it's probably something like that. Forces the opponent. I mean, I pretty much... No matter what I did, no matter what anybody else did, nobody could win because he would just—he was literally paying to win. So I was like, "But you that's it—it's all about the economy. It's—it's it's a big the in-game economy." Yes. Ugh. Yeah, it's like Eve only playing cards. So what I did was I—I I went and took my money several years later, and I bought up the almost the entirety of the original Star Wars Decipher CCG. So I have that if you ever want to play it. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And I, I'm pretty pretty hip to the rules, and you have to. I mean, I kind of made a, mo I modified it just a little bit so we could get all the main characters and all the ships, mm -hmm. and because you can't really do much with just sixty cards, so I basically just have two decks, and everyone just sort of does a turn from each deck. So one deck is your is spacecraft and vehicles, and the other one is just characters, and it works. And it's just the modified mm -hmm. house rules, but it makes it. I mean, because you, it's not fun to just play with the tricks and whatever that you would play with MTG with the old Star Wars game because if you're going to play the old Star Wars card game the old CCG you want to like put down a Luke Skywalker or a Darth Vader which I, you know it's fine it makes sense you know what I mean you don't want to do tricky stuff you just want your heroes to battle it out and fly around in X-Wings and blow up the Death Star yeah no magic's all about combos and so, do you still play magic? People. no okay. I still have my deck yes my ninja See deck ninja being deck. weeb from way back what color was ninja? Um, they had ninjas. Kamiga uh, Betrayal of Kamigawa had ninjas of all stripes, I believe. But I always played blue black because oh, I'm I that kind of guy. The islands, yeah. You seem like a dark, mysterious. It's more like, like secretly... make a discard and counter and be a jerk. <laughs> secretly badass. Be negative play experience. <laughs> so what's on your shirt? Oh, this is a Gal Gagar shirt. Ga 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 go gaigar ga 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 go gaigar. Cue the epic rock music. <laughs> You're the one that introduced me to that a long time ago. Yes. How many people actually know what that is? Not many. Do I get do I get points for that? Do I get nerd yeah, points for, for that? Yeah, for remembering. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I actually, it's funny because this last anime Boston was the first one I went to in a while. Mm -hmm. I went to. Glad to have you back. All of them. Yeah. Good to see you. It there. was it was nice to be back. Um, I went to the first one, and I went to like the first like. Five or six. I was I was there for all. You're a hard. You're a grizzled I veteran. I was. Did I have I have con? my lanyard with like all of my badges on them. Did you go to line con? I did not. Oh okay. You know you know what I'm talking about right? No, I have no idea. Oh, okay, never mind. So line so con out of was the con circuit thing. Line con was an anime Boston where people that had pre-registered or I can't remember oh, what it was. Oh, uh, like, jokes. The the lines lasted until Saturday afternoon for registration. Yeah, I always did Friday that morning. Thursday pre-reg junk. <laughs> yeah. Not dealing with that. Oh, so I still have the original two DVDs for Kaiju Big Battle. That's great. With I still also have my Kaiju CDs and DVDs. And it's called <sighs> More time. Better Fighto. Yes. Vamos a festejar. Viva la Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Were you at Anime Boston the... I don't think it was the last one I went to, but they actually had a kaiju big battle at no. Anime Boston. Yeah. Well, this was one that. Well, this was many years ago. This right? was many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, that was one where they had the where, where I bought the DVD. That's where you bought it. Oh, yes. Okay. Cool. Where yeah. um the the grand betrayal of um Pablo Plantain got killed, oh my. got murdered by Doctor <laughs> Q. Pablo Plantain. At the at the Prudential Center because they made a gigantic cardboard Prudential uh, Center. F minions. <laughs> Bonk. 
Oh, I, I still have some some Dr. Cube bumper stickers That's somewhere. Great. I still have my Team Space Dr. Ones. Cube! I still have my Uchu Chu um, oh, signs oh and everything else. God. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to fire that up in the DVD player. But so. um, speaking of Gal Gagar, though, at that last anime Boston I had gone to, um, Mike Sinter Nicholas, I believe is his name. He was the voice actor for Guy in Gal Gagar. Okay. He was more famously known as Dean Venture, I believe, oh, in the okay. Venture Brothers. Um, I think he's much more like his his main thing. He does more like ADR and stuff like that. Mm. But he does voice act from like here and there. But it was funny. It's always fun. To be, not to sound too hipster, but it's always fun to be the person that comes in and, like, asks for the totally different thing than what they're expecting. Um, you know, he was getting right. lots of Venture Brothers stuff and everything else, and I came in with my Gal Gagar DVDs, and he's like, oh, man! And it was like... That's awesome. And it only just, like, recently super, came out. S- super street cred. Yeah, right? And Nerd street cred, right? Great, Geek because street cred. people, you know, ask, ask questions and everything else when they talk to him for signatures and everything, mm-hmm. and I was just like, hey, so what was it like actually doing a Broken Magnum and it was so amazing because he was just like, well, and he grabs the markers that he had for the signatures and he just grips them really tight. And I don't know, like, I probably shouldn't do it in here, right? Is it like, I'd break the mic if I did it. Oh. Yeah, yeah probably. So probably. Yeah, so keep it up. He did a broken magnum, though. He did a full-blown scream broken magnum right there on the spot. All right, you know what, though? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to turn you down a bit. Try it now. Like, is it safe? You think so? It's safe. He was like full on broken magnum. You know. Um, so, and all of his handlers were like, "What the? What the heck was that? Like, what is this happening?" It was. Uh, it was pretty amusing. That's awesome. Maybe we get edit that. We get edit that after if we want to. So we're gonna. Okay. We're about. We're about ready to wind down. But I just want to mention Agritsuko. I just finished the first ten episodes of Agritsuko. I love. It's the it's best. So good. Topical humor. Everyone, every single person, I forget her name, the hippopotamus. Oh, I can't remember. Every single name. person has that that one person. Stupid person that they work with that the second you walk in, did you hear the rumors? About did you hear about so and so? And I love that she That just, leads to the best scene in the whole thing. When she asks uh when she tells Haida about eyes. No, when she tells Haida that he that um Agritsuko or well, Retsuko um, was pregnant. Retsuko. Was pregnant. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, Retsuko was pregnant. And he comes running up to her and he's like, Retsuko! And he's freaking out. And she's like, no, I'm not pregnant. And he was like, then what was the problem? And that's when it flips to Fenico and she's just, ha 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 like, I love that laugh. The, the Fenico the best laugh. best thing. That whole show just, and then the, my favorite quote was, Washimi was describing the, what do they call him? The prince, the the out of pocket prince. She oh, was, she was yeah. she was making a, a commentary in the out of pocket prince, and she said, "That man seems like a soft candy for babies." <laughs> yeah, that whole like final arc was way more amusing than it had any right to be. Oh, like, it was great. Came yeah. out of total left field since the, the show the, is not totally episodic. The calluses, but the calluses, and the the bruising on her heels. I can attest to that. <laughs> Don't make your girlfriends walk all day especially if they're wearing heels also okay? if you're him don't, don't be do him it. like yeah if if you don't be a name? soft candy for babies yeah don't be the a out soft of pocket candy. prince yes i forget his i forget his real name yeah don't do nothing but drink canned coffee which you can't do in uh, america but kan- just the same. Kan- no boso. i love boss coffee when I was in Japan, boss I, coffee is amazing yes, yes. you can get it if you go to oh, um, wait where what? uh ibc uh ibc yeah ibc yep market in medford they have kan- oh my gosh it was so good i got hooked 
over my it's two so weeks. It's so good. Yes, but don't be that guy. I also, I'm doing a, so post it on my Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm doing a, at some point, I'm doing a Washimi cosplay. It's not a furry, not a furry cosplay. It's good. Check out my, <laughs> check out my Twitter because someone did this amazing, absolutely amazing Washimi cosplay where it was, mo- it was all about the eye makeup, mm-hmm. the white sort of anime style yep. wig, and then just stick the, the white, right, the white blouse, and then no, there's no plumes. It was just really, yeah. Oh. It was just the the human version, but it's cool. The eyes and the eyeliner and the yellow eyeshadow, it was beautiful. Go check out my Twitter, Aaron Spencer two one eight seven. Keep so, trying. Yes, you'll get it eventually. Agrituko, <laughs> the the topical humor, just in general. Yes, it you was, have to I go check this out. Quite amused. So we've by got we got one minute, about one minute. I just want to say because we were supposed to talk about Gundam, we didn't really talk about Gundam. The only Gundams that I've seen are the original Gundam series Zeon. 8th MS team and Gundam Wing when it was on Toonami. But Corey is the... Do you have a social media that you want to send people to? No. Okay. <laughs> so Corey, Corey is the local authority on all things Gundam. Gundam, Gundam, Gundam. He's like the biggest Gundam otaku that I know. So we're going to have time. We're going to have him back to talk about Gundam all at some point. Gundam for a full hour. No problem. How good was 8th MS team? Is that one of your favorites? Because I liked okay. it. That's okay. It's, okay. um, the, it's, you can't beat more. the goof scene. That's, it's, the goof scene kind of like just pushes it over for everybody. It's like, oh, what was that going on with the rest of the show? Romeo and Juliet? Oh, but the goof was sick, wasn't it? <laughs> like, that's, that's how it always oh, yeah. goes. So we are most definitely going to have you back to talk about Gundam awesome. more because we totally skipped over that. But I'm glad we got to talk about Agritsuko. <laughs> and canned coffee and the one scene yes. where she gets drunk and she says what is this feeling I'm getting drunk and then she <laughs> yeah. and then she and then she yeah and then she ukes in the bathroom but it comes out as like a death metal screen. has anyone ever told you that you Rage. look like a Sanrio character yes <laughs> and she's a red panda which I just realized but I love that did you see, did you see while you were in Japan did you see who the boss was like of boss coffee oh Tommy Lee Jones yeah Tommy Lee Jones the boss it's look that one. up so yeah ESP Zero zero eight, eighth episode, eighth MS team. There we go. ESP zero zero eight. We're gonna have Tori Mello back for sure, and Armory Games and Hobbies in Fairhaven. Yeah. Ar- Armory War Games. War Games and Hobbies. Armory yeah. War Games and Hobbies in Fairhaven. So thank you, Corey. Zero zero eight. Thank you, my lovely unicorns. Signing off. <laughs>